and good morning, Hoosier Nation, and welcome to a victorious edition of Hoosier Morning After. A little melancholy edition of Hoosier Morning After. This is Hoosier Morning After Michigan. Last night, your Indiana Hoosiers go into overtime and defeat Michigan 75-73, to improving their record to 21-10 and on the season finishing the the regular season with that record finishing the Big 10 season with a 12 and 8 record that that allows IU to be tied for second in the Big 10 um will end up getting IU the third place seeding in the Big 10 tournament because of the head to head against Northwestern how that lines out and uh we'll get in depth a little bit on that uh, when we talk about the games moving forward, I actually like that. I, I favor that. Uh, IU has, uh, I feel like, a little bit better uh, of a matchup possibility uh, because of that. But anyways, IU gets the double bye after a very, very, very confusing spreadsheet-laden week that we had. Uh, thank you to those that that dug in and 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 put those things out there. I'm a visual person myself, so it was great to see that. Uh, but all the craziness that this Big Ten season has been this year uh, led us up to the fact where we went into this game and win this game. We clinched the bye, either second or third, and lose it, and we could have been as low as nine. So crazy uh, the way this Big Ten season has landed and how muddy it has been in that middle portion, top middle, I would even say, or maybe that's full middle (laughs) with how many teams were in that. But anyways, Indiana fights back in this game to, to win it. And, and, and a game again that we've said before on this show that uh, past season teams would not have fought back like they did. Um, And, and so again, that's great resolve to see. And, IU continues to prove that they're, they're one of their biggest strengths is their ability to be like Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, came out with fire and effort, disrupting everything that, that Michigan tried to do and get going on the defensive end. Uh, got themselves up by a 14-point lead, and then IU kind of relaxed on defense. Um, we, we were kind of forcing them to bad shots and everything on, on their offensive side, on, on our defensive end, and a little bit of foul trouble from some of our guards, I think, led to that, um, as well as the lead, who kind of relax a little bit. And that relaxing was all that Michigan needed. Uh, they surged back in the last few minutes to bring it within two at the half. Um, second half, Michigan kind of continued where they had left off and uh, played through Dick, uh, Dickerson. And our offense kind of continued to struggle. Again, our offense, I don't believe, in the first half truly was firing on all cylinders like it should with how low scoring the first half was. But um, just bad shot selection and starting to lack on the defensive end allowed Michigan to uh, take the lead and and get us very nervous at that point. And, and you kind of saw where the game was and hoped for Indiana to uh, have a leader and, and one of the seniors step up and say, this, this is not how I want this game to finish. Um, the lead for Michigan got up to IU, and then IU clamped back down on the, on the defensive end and also kind of sparked by someone that we haven't seen play, and we'll get in depth to him a little bit more, Tamar Bates 
hitting hitting a three that really kind of switched the momentum. And uh, we got those stops on D and 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 we're getting decent looks on offense and uh, drew, drew it in close and at the end of the game got really nervous as well because the offense started to lack again. Uh, we were missing shots, missing opportunities that we had on the on the other end of the game, uh, on the other end of the ball, but it was definitely, definitely uh, the offensive side of the ball, getting it to trace, and then Jalen Hudshafino hits that huge three to make it 69 to six, 69 to force it into overtime. And whew, how great would it have been? Trace Jackson Davis nearly makes the half court shot. Anyone that's been at IU Games knows that him and Anthony Leal and Race shoot those right before they go into uh, the locker room before after the first uh, shoot around. So he's made those. He he's practiced those, and and Leal has the better percentage. So it would have been interesting to put him in there and let him get that shot. But that was close. That would have been that would have been amazing. That would have uh, blown off the thing. But uh, lost and missed opportunities in, in in regulation to put it away there. But the D continued to lock things down into overtime. Took care of business on the offensive end and in the paint uh, with Race kind of taking it to uh, Dickerson uh, on a few moments. So just led to the win on senior night. Great senior speeches. We'll get into it uh, as we go. Thank you for being here with us. Um, I am your host, Chad Schwartzkopf, here with me is Martha the Mop Lady. Martha coming in hot on us, uh, a busy night, mopping up the tears of IU fans on a senior night and everything. Martha, give me your thoughts on that game last night. Yep, I was, I was working overtime last night. Uh, but <laughs> all things honest, I was down at the game. It was a late night, stayed for the speeches and, and got up back home to northern Indiana pretty late to the evening and, and trying to get children around for an early Monday morning of school has been an adventure. But we're here, right? We're, we're here, so... Um, it was, it was, uh, and I think Nick over in the comments makes a great point. It was, uh, it was a game that I think that was very indicative of, of kind of the, the season in a whole, right. With the, with the ups and the downs and the challenges and, and big Ten's tough, right. We, we, we like to eat our own as they say. And, and this was another example, um, you know, and, and it, it was one of those days in Bloomington where while it was, you can feel spring in the air. It was, it had a level of bittersweet to it because you knew it was a lot of good guys last game in, in that arena. So it was one of those deals where it was, had a level of bittersweet to it. And you always wonder how that, that affects the seniors too. I think senior days can be, can be weird for some guys knowing that their, their entire families are there and, you know, it's some added pressure. And I don't know that that spoke to any of the struggles that I thought Miller struggled in the, in, in the first half. He, you know, Jet Howard is a tough, it's a tough ask for anybody, and especially for Miller to try to check him and threes weren't landing. And, and you know, I think even race missed some shots in the first half. So there was, there was some pressure there. And you even felt way we were out to get to that 14, 14 point lead in the first half that we were leaving a ton of points on the court. I, I remember talking to some guys out in the, out in the lobby a little bit at halftime saying, man, it just, if it, and that's when we had blown the lead a little bit. It was like, man, I felt, felt like we had a chance to put them away and we just didn't. So, but you battle, you battle and you find a way. And it's, to me, it's one of those lessons of why you don't tweet at halftime. Right. Uh, Cause there was a, people were firing off a lot of hot takes and that, usually that's me. And I think because I was at the game, I didn't have time to do that, but or I probably would have been right there with them. But at the end of the day, 
you know, you look at you look at race Thompson, you look at that three that Miller hit in the corner, and and you, you know enough said about Trace. Uh, you know, you know, a guy like Tamar Bates stepping up when he hadn't, you know, he's had two points in the last two months, it feels like. So, um, you, you know, you never know what it's going to take. But at the end of the day, we found a way. And I think that's what's important is, you know, especially coming off Tuesday, uh, the debacle against Iowa. So I'm uh, just excited that these seniors could go out with the win and, and set ourselves up in, in great position for the Big Ten tournament. Yep, yep, and uh, a great matchup, like I said, in the Big Ten tournament that we have coming forward, and and this fight that this team has shown this year will only serve us well, and it's and it also uh, on the other end how we can get this follow up will also not serve us well in the exact opposite. But uh, as we go along here, we're gonna kind of talk about what well, we got to talk about our seniors first and everything. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about their game and just kind of what they've meant for this IU team. But you kind of mentioned Miller Cop. I think I want to get to him first. Uh, and despite the my favorite thing about it, and, and like you said, he he struggled kind of in the first half. Those threes weren't falling for him. A lot of missed shots. Uh, really struggled on his on the defensive side, but he kept with it. And I love the fight that he had because he did make some big threes for us in the second half. And then I believe the second half and into overtime, it was partially his defense and his lockdown and how the guys stayed connected um, uh, that kept us in that. And and it's very interesting to see the, see the stat that's talked about uh, in Miller Cop that he now has the record for the most Big Ten game, games played, I believe at 99. And uh, yes, you heard that right. That is a record that an IU guy has, not a Wisconsin or Purdue guy. I know you would feel like one of those 40-year-olds that play for those two teams would have it, but uh, Miller Cop with the great COVID year, obviously, in those other situations, able to get that record, which is very interesting, may not be uh, uh, replicated uh, in in the future. But again, uh, just thankful uh, from the senior side for Miller Cop to come over. I know he's been someone that has uh, been the subject of a lot of ridicule for this team and has been one that uh, a lot of people have gotten on to him for not not taking shots when he should have and his defense. But I think he's made so many strides this year in getting things going and getting his game going in the right way and just his overall personality that we've gotten to see. I love watching. I know this is going to trigger a few of the fans listening and everything because a lot of them don't like this stuff, but I love to see his his stuff that he does outside of it, his social media, his YouTube page and everything, getting those glimpses into this team and how they are off the court and their energy and their camaraderie and everything. Uh, I'm thankful that he was able to come. He, he said in, in his senior speeches in the video that was before that he he strived and, and, and looked looked to play at a place with a huge basketball history and, and that he knew what I what it meant to play for IU, what it meant to put on that at Jersey. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for his effort in the situations that he's done. And there's like I said, it feels like we're, we're, we're sending them to pasture, but there's still a lot of games to be played in him. Uh, I love the trajectory and, and where he is now, again, because the very first game that I saw him play in an Indiana uniform was when I was lucky enough to see him in the Bahamas. And I was so excited for what he could do for this team. And we didn't see it in his first year. And we're only now seeing, I believe, what what I saw in the Bahamas uh, now out of this Miller cop, someone that is not afraid to drive past 
his defender after they guard him hard for that three-point shot and make little floaters uh, to be there ready to, to hit those shots at a high clip and bring that energy and that that spark and spice uh, that he can. So, so grateful to have him on this team. Talk about Miller Cop uh, in this game and then just him overall as a senior. My, my favorite Miller Cop highlight from yesterday might be when he filled out his senior day information as a graduating with a degree in aeronautical engineering and, 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 and Fantastic Jeremy Gray. by him there. Yeah, it, the fact that Jeremy Gray read it and didn't realize it and started laughing a few moments later was that that was that was classic Miller right there, right? And I think it it, it embodies what you just said, right? He's a guy that I think he's a guy that his teammates enjoy being around. He's he's kind of a glue. We talk about race being a glue guy. I think Miller's that guy too, um, you know. And I I love how candid he was after and transparent he was after the game, just sharing some of the struggles he had last year and, and you know, asking himself, why am I here? Um, and, you know, he, he, he had his ups and downs, right? But I think he really found his stride and, as he mentioned, kind of found his home this year. And, and um, again, you can <laughs> – the game embodied kind of our season as a whole. I think, I think the game yesterday kind of embodied his career a little bit as a whole, right? It had its ups and downs. It started off a little bit with some struggles, but he found a way and con contributed, right? That that two in the corner could have very easily been a three. I think his foot was on the line. I mean, that was a massive shot um, down the stretch. So uh, just kept with it, right? I think that that's, that's what Miller's done. And at the end of the day, he's a guy that's leaving with a degree from Northwestern with a degree from Indiana. And that's what it's all about, right? He's, He's set up to have himself a hell of a future with with without basketball in his life. So just got to be appreciative of a guy like that who's come in and put his head down. And, you know, you could hear Woody talk about him after the game, just saying you've shown up every day and worked and worked and worked. And, you know, Woody's always going to have his back. And, you know, you hear your coach say that, that 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 means the world. So I um, just found a way. Right. Um, you know, I think you look at kind of his struggles in the in the first half defensively. I think he found a way. To, to, to reel that in a little bit in the second half and play some better defense. But again, those baskets down the stretch were huge, and I don't know that we win without him. Yep. Next one to talk about uh, is our glue guy, uh, Race Thompson. Probably the best game I think that we've, we've seen uh, from him this year. Uh, a few big three throws at the end that he missed that were uh, a little scary uh, at, at the end. I, you can only imagine how heavy uh, those free throws felt for him. Um, you talk about that they kind of iced him there with that timeout on those free throws and everything, and that's more of a football kind of uh, thing to do and everything. It usually doesn't really do anything in basketball, but uh, when you kind of look back and think about the road that he has had to go through as a Hoosier and everything and the game on the line on his senior night and everything like that, you can't tell me that uh, things weren't just swirling in his head in that moment because uh, we all know what he has gone through as a Hoosier. And um, just a great game for him, a double-double, uh, two huge, huge steals um, at towards the end of the game from him, uh, digging down on, on Dickerson. Um, at least in, in my lifetime uh, of fo focusing on IU basketball, uh, not sure I could think of another player that has had to go through quite the emotional roller coaster uh, that we've had to go through with race, the concussion that he had earlier uh, in his season, and then just the the injury earlier 
in this season, how how heart how much Hoosier Nation's heart just broke when you see Race Thompson, someone that's put his blood, sweat, and tears on the court for IU. They're nearly sobbing because he thought his IU career uh, was over at that point. But to be able to get good news from that and fight back and and yeah, he hasn't been himself fully. And in a lot of these games uh, since he's been back, but this was the game that we saw that race Thompson back. And and again, that's exciting to think about now. Now we get to go into two tournaments with our glue guy back to being our glue guy, but just can't thank him enough for what he's done. And he's another one that's been uh, a course of a lot of ridicule and everything uh, and, and, and criticism by me as well. Um, when we've kind of talked about, games where we had Trace Jackson Davis in and, and we thought like we were putting two big guys in at the same time and and how big of a mistake that is. But he has done what he needs to do for this team and he's continued to be the hard hat guy that get the work done. And I thank him so much for sticking with it and coming back this this final year. And it's just been great to have that that presence out of him and 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 to think about the years and years he's been. He came in reclassified in the, in, in 2017 and sat on the bench as a redshirt freshman. It's been here in those candy stripes for so long and it continued to be the ridicule. It was great to see uh, even Woody said uh, when he was introducing him and thanking him, uh, been here for about 10 years or something, some joke to that, to that degree. It was, was funny to see. Um, but thank you so much to race Thompson and what he's done. Talk about race. Yeah, uh, you, you, nail on the head there. Um, you know, you think about some of those baskets he had yesterday going up against Hunter Dickinson. Um, you know, big, big baskets down the stretch where, you know, the offense didn't seem to have a, a whole lot of answers in the moment, but we were able to to work through him a little bit down the stretch. And, you know, I it, it, it you saw it with the shot clock winding down and him backing down Dickinson. You're like, is that really – is that – that really our best option at this point, but he he sees the moment, man, and, and knocked down some big ones and, and had a pretty big three in the first half. I always get it's always that gasp in assembly hall when Race Thompson takes a three, and sometimes it's one of those deals where now that he's made one, is he going to keep shooting them? Uh, but uh, but no, I mean you you had the nail on the head, just a, a warrior, right? I mean a guy that that's that's battled through injuries. You mentioned the concussion and then the knee injury this year, and even the struggles coming back from the knee injury. I wasn't sure if we'd ever see. The race Thompson we saw yesterday again, just because still fighting back from that leg leg injury, and he just hadn't hadn't really looked like himself. But to be able to 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 get the old race back down the stretch, especially with the news that X isn't coming back, I think that's big, right? I mean, that's just because again, we've talked about we've talked a lot about kind of what we assumed our greatest strength was in terms of depth and bench, and turning into kind of a weakness down the stretch where guys have been very inconsistent and who's going to step up. And if we can get the old race back, that's going to put up, you know, 10, 15 points a night, that's big for us down the stretch. And especially, you know, if we want to play ourselves into potentially the second round of, of the weekend. So again, you just have to look back on yesterday and the entire last 10 years as a, with appreciation, right. Of, of race and what he's given this program, you know, putting his body on the line every single year. So, uh, yeah, to your point, I, I just appreciate the heck out of him. And, and, you know, I don't think we win without race Thompson yesterday. And getting to our final senior, uh, 
scholarship senior, I should say, um, Trace Jackson Davis, one one rebound shy of another double double. Um, played a great game. It's just it's so much fun to watch two elite big men that have played against each other for a couple of years, as, as the announcers even alluded to uh, during the game, who have scouted each other and know each other's moves and and playing chess underneath the basket against each other with turns and under the basket scoops and everything. It's just amazing to see how Trace has evolved as well. Doing little under the basket jumps and scoops and everything that that you you shouldn't see a big man do uh, is just becoming part of his bag and 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 a thing that he can do to uh, get around other big guys. It's going to be very exciting to see him in the big tournament against uh, teams that haven't really seen this kind of play from him, and and as well continues to be that player that. Uh, Another number that always shocks me with him, his assists. Uh, he, he finished with the team high six assists, continues to be really good at finding guys out of the double team and everything. And I think that's the difference from last year uh, to this year into what has made him into such a great player and what has contributed to this team's success as well. Uh, whereas last year we needed him to keep the ball and uh, try to make get the offense through him. He is able now to be a facilitator for this team and shifting to just what he means now for this team um, is just amazing. It's, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime situation to be able to give this generation, this generation that has seen uh, Hoosier Nation struggle and everything, want player, uh, students that were... Uh, really young in an elementary school when when we had our last kind of really big all star teams with with Zeller and and Watford and and Oladipo and everything now have that that star guy. I mean, you even hear people talk about never since Cheney have we had such a player and and it's a once in a decade type of situation and hopefully the trajectory of IU continues to push us. Uh, to getting more players like this, but we have to soak in what we have and we have to soak in these last couple of games we get with him because uh, the landscape and uh, the play of this makeup of this team is going to be very different next year and uh, don't want to delve into that too much. We'll get into that and as we look back at this season, but just so thankful for him to come back, set the culture the way he has um, believe in, in Woody. It could have been a very rough transition uh, between coaching staffs, but having Trace Jackson Davis sit in that meeting room and hear what he needed to hear from Coach Woody and say, yes, I'm coming back, set the standard for this team and really set a culture moving forward that Woody would have struggled to build himself had it not been for an all-star like Trace, Trace Jackson Davis to step up and agree to that and say, yes, this is how we're going to do it. And so thank you, Trace Jackson Davis, for what you've done. I'm wearing your jersey today in honor of that. Um, just such, again, nothing, too many words can be said uh, for Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think that uh, it's you know when when it's all said and done and, and and we get past whatever whatever tournament outcome we have, you know when we take a step back and look at at what Trace Jackson Davis accomplished in an Indiana uniform, 
not just, you know, not only what he's accomplished, what the program's accomplished, and, and you look at where it was when he started, right? He had, and he mentioned it yesterday in his speech, man, it's, there's been some ups and downs. I mean, he went through, you know, losing a, a head coach at recruiting him, recruiting him to buying into what, what Mike, Mike Woodson was, was selling. And, and, you know, it's never easy. He had opportunities as, as coach said, he could have gone anywhere he wanted to essentially at the end of the season. Right. And he chose to stay. And you look at the records he broke this year and you look at the dominant fashion that he was able to do what he did. And, and I think in the moment with the roller coaster of a season, it can get lost at times. Um, you know, we've had some ups and downs, but, there's been more ups than downs this season. And you look at the last two seasons combined, they're, they're our best two seasons back to back in a decade. I mean, you go back to you go back to 2011, 2012, th those two seasons right there after Crean kind of turned some things around. Those are those are the we, we, we haven't had two back to back 21 seasons since, you know, almost in a decade. And for us to do that and you look at the most Big Ten wins since 2016. Uh, it's it's a big deal. It's it's part of turning a program around. And I think again, when we get down the road and look back on this a little bit, it's I think our appreciation for Trace. I think it's already high, but I think it's going to continue to grow, and he's going to enter that legend status. Um, you know, I think that that what he's been able to accomplish. And yesterday was a grind for him. I, I I had a chance to attend both Michigan games, and he seemed to have his way a little bit more up in Ann Arbor. And this. This one, I don't, you know, I don't know if they adjusted a little bit, but I thought, I thought Hunter Dickinson's defense was a little bit better in this game, but he was still able to, to have his game and and pick him apart a little bit and, you know, have that typical trace game. So again, yeah, just at times you felt, especially when things weren't going right in the second half, I mean, Trace would bring the ball up and and he just put the team on his shoulders and said, I'm gonna have to get this done, and he found a way, and he's just he's been. Man, he's just been a warrior this year. So again, to your point, it's just today's just about appreciation for a guy that's I think given given everything to this program. So uh, and incredibly grateful. And additionally, uh, we have to say a thank you to uh, Michael Ship and Nate Childress, uh, the walk-on seniors that we have. Nate's been with the team for uh, all four years, I believe. Ship uh, uh, for a little bit less, uh, and then also the senior managers as well. Um, you don't obviously see completely what they do on, on game time, uh, but you do see what they do uh, sometimes in the social media of the players. Miller Cop tweeting out recently, uh, showing the managers there, helping him get, get shots up and everything uh, during off times and everything, being there for the guys. I mean, when you look back as to what you were dealing with uh, when you were possibly in college, it's it's amazing to think about what these guys take on uh, without any financial um, compensation of that, of that sort, like you do with a, with a scholarship situation, but the time it puts you put in the effort you put in and as well as getting your studies in and everything uh, just thank you so much to those guys and what they do um, ship and Childress watching all those scouting reports and, being there for for the for the players in those practices leading up the games and everything. Uh, a next guy who's kind of a pseudo senior. Uh, we need to talk about a little bit. Uh, always kind of an interesting situation. Obviously, they don't get that nod on senior night as as kind of being their final home game in Assembly Hall. But uh, a player that we won't see most likely, very unlikely, uh, play in Assembly Hall again. Jalen Hood Chafino uh, hit that big three. 
towards the end of regulation and everything. Um, just a, a great game from him. Uh, not a high scoring game out of out of him overall. He did finish with the third highest points though, uh, thirteen four for nine from the field. Made that one three, like I said, at the end of regulation to force things. Uh, two assists, two turnovers. So um, a game where he felt like he disappeared to a degree, but still got his. Uh, your thoughts on 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 Jalen? Well, and before I say that, even too, just to kind of th- continue our thank you, but uh, thank you to him for the effort that he he continues to put in and and the window that he continues to open for this Indiana team and uh, the growth that he has had. Uh, not many freshmen are going to be able to step up when the starting returning uh, senior point guard goes out and and be able to carry this team like he has that Purdue game. Uh, many other games where he's just continued to be a fantastic player and and kind of reshaped had to reshape a little bit my view of a mid-range shot as as it's not the high percentage shot not a shot you'd like to see players take and uh, still get a little shell shocked when he elevates and hits that mid-range that is kind of his his sweet spot for him but uh, thank you to him uh, for the incredible season he has uh, supplied and will continue to supply for this Hoosier team, your thoughts on Jalen. I, I think John over in the, in the comments makes, you know, he made a, a great comment, I think about the seniors. And I think you can, you can put uh, Jalen hood Shafino into that same boat in terms of, of, of uh, the trajectory of recruiting, right? I think what you're able to show recruits on the type of success that a guy like Jalen hood Shafino has had uh, in this offense, right? Um, I mean, he, he makes it, Every time he's out there, there's 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 NBA moves being made by him that, that you can just tell that's a next level move by a freshman. And um, to be able to go out and show recruits, here's the type of success you can have in this offense. That's a big deal, uh, I think, for for the trajectory of, of recruiting in this program. So um, I think that's number one. I think that that's massive. Right. I think a lot of times we focus on the fact that, yeah, he's a one and done, but. Uh, these are the type of players that, that you need to have and the type of opportunities that you need to capitalize on in terms of being able to level not only the expectations kind of of the program, but also just to, you know, raise the, the level of recruiting as well. I think that you go out and, and you're able to show what guys can do. It's, it's, it's going to have, I, I think, immediate success in the recruiting world, not only in the, at the high school level, but you look at kind of some of the holes we're going to have in our program and, you know, had some of the discuss this discussion with some folks yesterday, but it's it's going to be wild, right? It's already the wild, wild west, right? The portal and all that stuff. But this roster, I think, is going to look completely different next year, as it should, right? I mean, there's a lot of attrition and guys leaving, so it's it's going to. That's just part of it. But it's these guys that have gone out and had success and found success in this offense, and and Jalen's probably going to be a you know a top ten. What what I, I I don't know where he's projected to go, but I know it's high and. um you know, it's because he's come in and had success. And yeah, he has his moments, his freshman moments where he, you know, he misses some of those mid-range jumpers, but it feels like he's making a lot more than he's missing. And his ability just to kind of, you know, work within the flow of the offense. And, and you know, he's he's the quarterback out there. And, and um, you know, he's just got the the maturity and the balance of a, of a seasoned veteran. So, yeah, a guy that, again, it's, it's it's you feel like you blink and it's gone, right? We've seen him in Assembly Hall probably the last time. And, um, you know, so I, there's a bittersweet level of that. But, man, it's going to be interesting to see. And you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does kind of on the national stage here over the course of the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think uh, the more recent uh, 
predictions. I think I saw him about 13 or so. Uh, I, I don't dig too deep into those because, again, those are uh, can get really messy as to uh, different people's opinions. But I think you make a good point there at the end saying uh, we could see it shoot up because now, uh, not like Indiana hasn't been on the national stage, but um, you get a few more t- heads turned in, in, in the tournament and everything. And so he has great opportunity to improve that stock as he goes into uh, the tournament into March. Um, Malik Renew, I also want to uh, speak about his game. He played only 11 minutes, but in that first play, offensive play that he got the ball, um, I just, I liked what I saw. He, we, we saw the good footwork. He kind of really took it right to the guy. He didn't hesitate. That was kind of some of my critiques of him. Uh, and the midpoint of this season was uh, we saw such great play at the beginning and then struggled in the middle with just kind of hesitation and and his ball handling wasn't quite there against higher uh, competition defenses, but really liked what I saw from him that first time he got the ball on the block. Just great, great footwork again, great moves, got underneath and and got got a great basket. Didn't really play much beyond that. Again, just ending with with 11 minutes, you're going to ride who's hot for you. And and it was race's game. So um, he was going to obviously ride some pine in that. But I I do like his game uh, and what he had. I'll I'll talk about a few other guys too, uh, Martha, and then I'll kind of kick it to you. We can just kind of talk about them overall. Um, This next one, I'm going to fight the urge. I know I do this to you all the time. Fight the urge to quiz you on plus minus and just tell you, Biggest plus minus in this game was 11 from Tamar Bates. And we've been willing and hoping to have a positive input game from from Tamar Bates. And I felt like we had that from him. Uh, Him hitting the huge three in the second half when uh, Michigan had their biggest lead to kind of really set the momentum on the, on the side of Indiana. And uh, it, it was a little nerve wracking again, because we, we know how he has played recently and, and his struggles when uh, Trey Galloway fouled out and, and was out of the game. And then knowing that we would have to ride tomorrow and everything. And I thought he was better on the defensive end uh, on the offensive end, hitting, hitting the threes that he did. He missed a one that um, hope he would have, would have made right after that first one, uh, but then ended up uh, making one later on in the second half to kind of stretch out uh, that comeback that w- that we were doing. Um, your kind of thoughts on those guys and the rest of the rest of the players? In a in a game where I think Trey got into you know Trey got into foul trouble, uh, it seemed like he and some of them I you know uh, yeah Big Ten officiating yeah. is what it is uh, that that. I'm not even sure what the call was on his fifth, where it appeared to me that they, he and Hunter Dickinson were just going up for a rebound, and he got tangled up with a guy that's you know a foot taller than him. Um, it uh, yeah, somebody needed to step up, right? And I think you know while Tamar, there were certainly some opportunities. There was a putback late in the game that that was missed, but he he knocks down two massive threes, right? And you know, again, I think you start talking about some of the effort and, and, and you mentioned Malik, right? He stayed on the court. Uh, you know, you look at I, I, I don't I don't know what he had two fouls, I think. I mean, but he's a guy that, you know, he he really struggled to stay on the court there for a while in the Big Ten season. It, you know, he'd be out there and get a foul, a foul, what seemed like a foul a minute. But he you know, he's able to play double digit minutes. 
um, you know, score a couple big baskets. And and I think he's finding his way, especially we talked, we've talked a lot about the big adjustment from his success early in the season to the physicality of the big 10 season and him just figuring out with his size, right. And just getting into foul trouble, but he's starting to figure out how to stay on the court a little bit more. And once he puts that together, I think that early season success will start to come back a little bit where he becomes that offensive force. And he's had his moments, but he becomes that consistent offensive force um, that we need. I think Caleb Banks played some strong minutes defensively as well when we needed him. Um, you know, I think he was the first off the bench in the second half when Trey got into foul trouble. So coach is relying on Caleb a lot more too, which I think bodes well for our future. Um, but yeah, it took with, with, with Trey, you know, Trey's a guy that usually plays, you know, upward um, high thirties in minutes, right? 35 to 40 minutes. And he's a guy that, that was only on the court for, I think 20 to 25 minutes yesterday. So somebody's got to step up. And I think it was kind of a combination of those guys we just talked about. Um, but, you know, we don't win if Tamar doesn't hit those couple baskets. And he's a guy that's been ice cold, right? You look at his box scores and there's a lot of goose eggs and a lot of big games. So, you know, in that moment when, when a win was pretty big, it was nice to see him step up. And again, it's one of those things that we, we talked about race finding his stride offensively here. Now it maybe those buckets are what Tamar needs to get a little momentum heading into the postseason, I think that's what we can hope for. Well, and it was great to see him locked in a little bit more on the defensive end as well. He's he's one that has been has fallen victim to maybe a little bit of over hustle, uh, a little bit of ball watching uh, that gets him in trouble, communication breakdowns and everything. He just felt more locked in uh, against these guys. And also talking about Trey before he went out, um, he continues to be someone that I just love his basketball mind. He, he had that great coast to coast where he just kind of took off and it's like, I, I see a lane, I'm going. And I love that out of him because he has a physicality that should he run into someone or have an issue there once he gets to that basket, he has good decision making in those circumstances and is physical enough that I believe he can make a basket through that. Um, we're kind of transition into talking about some numbers and I think the perfect transition from who we just talked about was our bench points. Uh, bench points has been something that has been a, a real struggle. Uh, zero, twos, very small bench numbers uh, in, in the last couple of games. Something that in, if Indiana's losing, it's it's usually because of low bench uh, production. But 10 points from the bench in this game definitely contributed to the win for IU. Uh, another stat that I like in this game, uh, 13 turnover. Turnovers from Michigan, uh, IU was able to turn those into 12 points. Uh, 13 offensive rebounds for Michigan. Uh, some of that was kind of those lucky bounces, uh, situations that kind of be very deflating uh, after you're playing some good defense uh, for teams to get second chances. I think there was one possession they even got like three or so uh, offensive rebounds in, in one go. Um but yeah, those are some numbers that stick out to me. Any any numbers that uh, you have thoughts on? Uh, no, I think yeah, I remember at halftime. I mean, the struggle from the struggle from three. Um, you know, I think jumped out to me a little bit, and we were able to turn that a little bit. Uh, I think turn around. I think we only had one at halftime. We were able to hit four in the second half. Um, we got to the free throw line a lot more in the second half. So um, yeah, it was a really bad statistically. Speaking the, first half, I and, think and that one made in the first half by race, exactly. Yeah, comically. Go figure, right? Go figure. That's a is that a blessing or a curse? I, <laughs> as long as he's making them, it's fine. But 
you know, again, it just he gets that he gets that, gets that trigger finger after he makes one. So within the offense, it's okay. You know, have a little bit of awareness, but we're we're good, right? It was nice to see him make that. Um, but yeah, just just our our ability to again, it goes back to it kind of encapsulating the season as it was a roller coaster of a game. And, and it didn't, you, you forget because there was a lot of complaining, but Michigan was fighting for their postseason life. It's our season. It's our senior day. A lot of emotion. I, I think you had to kind of assume it was going to be a game like that, a game of runs. It was an emotional game, and you know, Michigan. It was. It was kind of their. 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 They needed that win to even have any. I think any consideration for postseason. Now they're going to have to go and probably win the Big Ten tournament if if they want to make the NCAA tournament. So. Um, yeah, it was just one of those those odd games from from an emotional standpoint that it was going to be it's going to have runs like that. So the crowd was going to play a major role, and, and we were going to have to find a way. And and that's that's to me the biggest takeaway is that we were able to find that way, and now we've got some momentum, a double buy. I think this it's been a grind towards the back end of the season. It seems like we've had a game every two to three days, and when you've got guys that are banged up and guys that are playing forty minutes a night, this break. You know, now we don't have to play until nine o'clock on Friday. That's huge. That's 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 a chance to get right. It's the same thing with the women, right? The women's team that you know they got knocked out early, but they're banged up too. And um, so it's it's a chance to get healthy, to get right, to get to get to get some fresh legs. And you're doing it while getting a win, which I, which I think is 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 just as big. You've got some momentum, an opportunity to go watch two days of basketball, prep, scout, prepare, and hit the ground running on Friday night. Yep, and and before we shift to talk about that, I'm gonna I'm bring up one more uh, thing that I want to talk about uh, news that we got this year, uh, this week, excuse me, uh, about Xavier Johnson. Um, that's kind of been the roller coaster and been an exciting uh, thing for us to watch as we see him in warmups and everything. And then we had the Iowa game where he was dressed and uh, got us excited. And and obviously, uh, IU fans and and I was. Um, uh, I was guilty of this as well, or very short-sighted in, in the situation and, and how it was going, wanting him back as soon as we could to impact this current season. And yes, if he came back this season, he could have an impact. He could. Um, but IU coming out with the news that he is going to forego playing anything else in this season and uh, petition for that medical hardship and come back next year. I think in the long run and overall, that is the correct decision to be made. I know you can you can look short-sighted and everything and feel like that's greedy and, and, and what it can mean for this team should he be able to play this year and the contributions and, and how much better things can be. But in the long run for himself and for the program, this is the right decision to be made. Um, he can come back next year if he wants to have a future in this sport and he comes back and just plays in this tournament and everything, uh, no one's looking at him in those circumstances. And who knows what percentage of him we get we get back in these games. But with being able to come back next year, he can be a big focal point. He can fill a major hole that we have in the point guard position and uh, just eases some of that uh, for the team next year and think about Gabe Cups coming in and, and having uh, a veteran like Xavier Johnson to fill that hole and and be a mentor for him. I mean, think about what he did at the beginning of the season for Jalen Hood-Shafino's game and, and them going against each other in, in the offseason. So uh, excited for it from that standpoint. Now, 
what it means. Um, Xavier played in 11 games, um, kind of 10, a little bit uh, over 10 games, if you want to count when he came out. Uh, Jay Horry was kind of doing the math, delving into that kind of situation, and it looks like IU needs to play uh, 34 games for him to be closer to that threshold. Right now, IU is at 31 games. So what that means, obviously, IU needs to win one in the Big Ten or win one in the tournament at the at the very minimum to get those three extra games in to make you feel a little bit better going into that situation and his petition standpoint. Obviously, a lot of legal stuff and some exemptions can be made in those circumstances, but always scary when you kind of put those those types of things up to the boards. And there's been uh, some guys that have come out on the raw end of that deal, but I, I hope for the best in that situation for him. Any thoughts uh, from you with the Xavier Johnson news? I, I think it's, 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 it's a wise business decision, right? I think when, when you take your future into consideration, right. And, and that's what it's about. I think, you know, you got to respect that decision when, when you're talking about a young man and, and, and preparing for the rest of his life and whether that's a chance to, 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 to put, you know, a final season on on film to be able to go pre- play professionally, potentially overseas, where there's a really fantastic earning opportunity over there because he's got that skill set, right? I think you've got to respect that decision. I think I think the selfish way of thinking is, man, I'd love to, to insert him into, you know, you know a, a ter- potential tournament run. But then, like you mentioned, you've got the potential of one game, one final game at this point. And, um so, and, and we don't know where he's at. I think we see him bouncing around before games and it's like, oh yeah, he can play. But I think there's a lot more that goes into it than that. So it's a decision that I think when you take a step back a little bit, you've got to respect, um, you know, because it gives him a, a full off season to potentially prepare for one final run. And you think about it, you know, at the same time as a way to, as a way, I mean, we need perimeter help going into the next season, right? And so you've got to look at it as kind of a win there as well in terms of now we've got potentially got a, a, an answer at point guard with, you know, we've got Gabe Cubs coming in, but here's a guy that Gabe can learn from that's, that's you know, played a lot of college basketball. So for me, it's just a, it's a decision that I'm not completely surprised. I started to get wind of it a little bit early that day that, that it looked like it was leaning that way. And the timing to me makes sense. It's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you just have to respect it, right? I think it's a wise business decision, all things considered, and one that I'll stand behind Exxon for sure. Yep. And, and now uh, we look ahead and IU heads into the Achilles heel. I think we can easily call it of uh, Indiana basketball, Indiana men's basketball. And that is the Big Ten tournament, something that has been a struggle for Indiana for years and years and years. Uh, but again, I think the way things finally shook out after the madness and craziness that was the seeding of the Big Ten tournament this year, like I said, IU finishing uh, going to be in the in the third seed, getting the double by much needed rest for these guys. And then I feel like I really like the the seeding in the situation and the matchups that they got. Uh, Indiana will uh, play on Friday at the 9 p.m. game. The first game up in their uh, arm of the bracket is on Wednesday at 9 o'clock as well when Minnesota and Nebraska play. Then Thursday, the winner of that game plays Maryland, and then Indiana gets the winner of that game on Friday. Really like that line as opposed to if we were one up, 
um, being in the Northwestern spot at the two, we would play the winner of Penn State, Illinois. Don't really like that as much. Or in the number four position, one below where Michigan State is, playing either Ohio State, Wisconsin, or Iowa. Really like the way the seating landed for the for these Hoosiers and and the opportunity that we have. Uh, your thoughts on on this on this uh, Big Ten tournament? Yeah, I like the draw. I think um, you know I think that too. I, I like being on the bottom half. Um, it's going to be a battle either way, right? It's it's you, you know, and and I have scars from the Big Ten tournament. I've, I've attended a lot of games in Indianapolis that defended in heartbreak. None of which I'll get into right now. We don't need that. We don't need that that evil put on us right now. But um, I, I feel like this is kind of a different squad, right? They've got a different vibe about them. They won a couple games last year and nearly nearly beat Iowa. I think having the double bye and you know it's 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 very rare that we get into the Saturday of the Big Ten tournament. But um, being fresh, I, I, I like our chances. It's going to be interesting. Nebraska is hot. Um, I would not. I don't know that I want to run into them right now. I mean, they, they, they went into Iowa on one. I think if you look at the – I said a tweet out last week. I think if you look at the last the, – the month of February into March, that they have the Big Ten's best record by a game or two. Um, so they're playing some good basketball. Uh, would not surprise me at all to see us eventually run into them. Um, you know, I think it's going to be Maryland or Nebraska at this point. Uh, I would love to have revenge on Maryland. Um, you know, they kind of punched us in the mouth out in DC and, and, you know, they, 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 they've won some recruiting battles against us. So I'd love nothing more than to, than to get a win against those guys. Um, we didn't get them on our home court this season. So that would be nice. And then, you know, how it unfolds from there. I, I, I'm skeptical to look too far ahead in the big 10 tournament. It's one of those game by game things for me, just because of our, our history in it. So I, I'm just curious to see how we come out. I, I want to see us punch and, and, and play a good game in the tournament and have a nice run. Um, I think it's just the momentum we need going into the NCAA tournament. And equally could lead to knock on wood, whatever you want, you want to do a very interesting uh, selection Sunday. Should Indiana ad- advance to the, the finals would be a game against Purdue uh, possibly. Uh, and then, and then a selection Sunday that evening. What, what a situation that would be. Um, but yeah, like you said, not going to look too far ahead right now. We just look to see who will be our competition uh, on that Friday. But guys, that's going to do it for this edition, this senior night edition of Hoosier Morning After. Thank you for being with us, guys. Thank you to Martha for being with me as always. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing the music you hear on the show. Go ahead underneath, as the kids say, punch that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you are watching on YouTube. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. I am at General Chadwick. Martha is at The Mop Lady. Thank you for being with us. Thank you to those listening on different podcast streams. We will be back again Saturday morning. Uh, It's going to be a very interesting one for me. It'll probably be a remote on the phone for me because I will be at my daughter's dance uh, uh, competition. But thank you for being with us, guys. Always appreciate you being there. Let's go out there. Have yourself a wonderful day. And as always, let's go Hoosiers.